Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, welcome to Thanks for the Knowledge, Fanbyte's weekly news show rounding up the headlines in games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. I hope everyone has had a great week, great weekend, and uh, blessings and hope for the week ahead. Uh, there are lots of things that happened this week. I also sat down with Funky Joseph to talk about a brand new game called 12 Minutes, uh, which they played for review for us at Fanbyte. It's an interesting and polarizing game. You will not want to miss that conversation. But first, we have to talk about this week's top stories. Perhaps the biggest news of the week was the Pokemon Company's Pokemon Present stream, which showed off the upcoming games in the vaunted Pokemon canon. Uh, first up was an update on Pokemon Unite, which will come to uh, mobile devices on September 22nd. So you can pre-register now. Uh, also, Mamoswine and Sylveon are coming to uh, the game as playable characters uh, around that time. So get ready for that. Um, if you were wondering about what happened to Pokemon Cafe, well, maybe it wasn't super popular. I don't know. All I know is that a big update coming to the game soon will rebrand it as Pokemon Cafe Remix. Uh, later this year. Uh, it'll bring new Pokemon, new cosmetics, new puzzles. It looks really cute. I don't really know how this game plays or really what it's about, but it's super cute. And if you're into Pokemon, you should definitely look out for that. Uh, Pokemon Masters EX is a, uh, a game that's been out for nearly two years. New event will bring in an uh, Reshram to the game and a new storyline focusing on villains of the Pokemon universe. Uh, and the prelude for that will be live in the game on September 15th. Uh, Pokemon Go gets an update uh, with some Sword and Shield folks. Uh, Pokemon coming to the game on August 20th. Uh, and that's going to bring like Lulu, uh, Phalanx, and stuff like that. And also the legends from that game. The legend Legendaries from that game will appear in Pokemon Go uh, as part of five star raids on August 20th and 26th. So if you're into that game and haven't been put off by the updates that made all the circles smaller, then you're in for a treat if you like Sword and Shield. We also got an update on Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which will come to Nintendo Switch on November 19th. Uh, we saw some interesting stuff from this one. Uh, there's the new uh, expanded underground section, which happens under the Sinnoh region. Uh, there's like character customization. Uh, you can build a little hideout with Pokemon statues. There are these new little wild underground uh, uh, sections called hideaways, where there will be different Pokemon based on how you customize your own base. Uh, there's a rhythm game. Uh, and also, maybe most importantly, your Pokemon will follow you around, uh, which is amazing. 
amazing. We saw that in uh, Go Pikachu and Go Eevee, and uh, that was a super delightful part of that game, so I'm excited to see that return. Uh, Nintendo, a few weeks before that, will be releasing a Nintendo Switch Lite uh, featuring uh, Dialga and Palkia, uh, two Pokemon that appear in those games, uh, that will be available on November 5th. Um, and then finally, we saw a update, updated trailer for Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, which looks amazing, actually. I, I can't believe it, but the initial trailer for this game that we saw a long time ago was running at like 15 frames per second, and that's not really an exaggeration. It looked kind of rough. Uh, and there are some Breath of the Wild elements that basically... Uh, coincide with some of the Pokemon. So there's a uh, Pokemon that you can ride like a, a a jet ski. There's a Pokemon that you can glide with. Uh, there's a Pokemon you can ride like a horse. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that helps you get around. The open world setting allows you to kind of do a monster hunter like, you know, you prepare at camp and then you go out scouting for other Pokemon. There's some stealth involved. There's some real time poke Pokeball throwing. Uh, if you get into a battle against a Pokemon, uh, some Pokemon you need to weaken before you can catch, of course, uh, the battle system looks like Final Fantasy X in that there is speed involved, and you can use your Pokemon to do either like a strong style or an agile style, which will affect your power as well as your speed. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to be interested in in this game. It's, uh, looks really cool. looks like a little base buildy to a lot going on in this game. It comes out on January 28th, uh, and it really genuinely looks like a good entry point for folks that might be a little bit tired of the, uh, tried and true Pokemon formula. Ubisoft Singapore has faced a lot of hardship with the uh, protracted and difficult development of Skull and Bones, and now it's under investigation by an agency in Singapore uh, that has received anonymous tips about sexual harassment and assault incidents at the company. Uh, at the Straight Times received the tip on July 23rd and is asking for anyone with knowledge of those incidents to report them to Singapore police. Uh, the investigation is being conducted by the Tripartite Alliance for Fair and Progressive Employment Practices. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot going on with this reporting, but basically, um, TAFEP, it was the abbreviation, investigations, they typically require interviews with folks affected by instances of harassment, as well as witnesses, uh, in addition to reviews of any documentation uh, to make an assessment of if there need to be sanctions. Uh, TAFEP may also then require implementation of new policies within the company, uh, lest they become uncompliant and face uh, further sanctions and possible closure. Um, this is, you know, one of many Ubisoft uh, uh, specific studios that is under investigation and scrutiny following a long, long, long line of allegations of harassment. Uh, the uh, Yves Guillemot, uh, the uh, CEO of uh, Ubisoft, uh, has said repeatedly that they are working on a, uh, a procedure to basically fix all of these problems internally. But we keep hearing from internal employees that nobody's typically nobody's really satisfied with these um, gestures and that no actual progress has been made in removing the uh, worst offenders and also actually implementing policies that would prevent these things from happening in the future. 
Saints Row is the open world crime game that started as a GTA clone, but then went way off the rails with three and four into something that is a bit more fun, a bit sillier, and ultimately more popular with a big base of their fans. Uh, now, Volition has confirmed that they're still working on Saints Row, but we weren't sure how this would actually come together because Saints Row 4 pretty much had the third street saints becoming these superheroes that could travel through time. So where can you really go from there? Um, now it appears that Jeff Keighley ahead of Gamescom next week is, uh, is looking at uh, rebooting the game, not Jeff, but actually the saints row folks over at Volition are going to reboot the game. Jeff Keighley has been uh, teasing it on his Twitter account uh, and the saints row Twitter account has also been teasing it as well. So it seems like we will be getting an announcement of a Saints Row reboot of some kind uh, this coming week. An interesting story came out this week about the push and pull between a publisher and developer, uh, mostly revolving around Outriders, the Square Enix published game that came out back in April. Uh, People Can Fly is the developer behind it, and the game came out for Xbox Game Pass, uh, as well as Stadia, PC, PlayStation consoles, etc. back in April with 3.5 million unique users in its first month. And most people think that those, the bulk of those users came from the Xbox Game Pass, of course. Uh, And an investor update that uh, people uh, can fly gave to its shareholders uh, they said that the studio has not received any royalties to, uh, for the game which would indicate that publisher square enix uh, has not breaking e- has not broken even with the uh, sale of the game uh, and they don't even know how many copies of outriders have sold uh, they speculate that it's between two and three million and they also speculate that that would have been enough to break even by their math uh, but they suspect that either they're wrong about the amount of cons uh, about the number of games that they've sold or and this is the interesting part uh the publisher costs on the square edict side may have been higher than expected which indicates some interesting ideas about maybe how the uh the contracts between publisher and developer may work because if if the publisher doesn't have to be super transparent about publisher costs then the developer might just be kind of on the lurch uh and in the dark about a lot of these things uh, which is a bummer because this game did better than I think most people expected. And uh, yeah, it, it'll be an interesting thing to follow to see if Square Enix, who, by the way, has a track record of investing in games that, you know, um, have sold very well, but were not profitable. Um, most recently, we can look at the Hitman series, which uh, when they went uh, independent, IOI did, uh, they they broke even and earned a profit, I think, within like two weeks of Hitman 3 coming out. But uh, Square dropped them at some point because it just was not, quote, a profitable franchise. Um, I also remember overhearing a conversation back uh, many years ago when uh, the first Tomb Raider reboot came out and Square Enix uh, executives were talking at uh at a at a an event i went to at gdc and uh, i could hear them uh talking i won't say who they were uh but i remember hearing them talking about how many units that game sold and yet the game did not break even so square enix has a track record of a ton of uh expectations placed on their developers uh but maybe not really following through uh, in terms of publisher expectations that the developers may have um we will keep an eye on the story to see if there's anything uh, we can get out of it um for outriders part it sounds like they 
they may be planning on an expansion coming up, um, uh, which indicates that, you know, the game is being supported uh, well after its release. Uh, and we'll see if that has any sort of uh, mark on the profitability of that game. Um, maybe with the next quarterly report, we'll find out. If you are one of the, I don't know, five people that have not played the Elder Scrolls Skyrim, a game that came out many years ago at this point and has been released for basically every single console under the sun, well, guess what, folks? It's being re-released. That's not a joke. The Skyrim Anniversary Edition will be released on November 11th, 2021. It was announced at QuakeCon this week. Uh, it is part of the 10-year anniversary of the game, of course. Uh, there are 500-plus uh, creation club elements that will be included in the game. Those are basically just mods. So it will be injected into the game. I think you'll be able to toggle them on and off. But these are mods that were hand-selected by Bethesda to uh, you know go into this game, make it better, add elements that were not originally in the game. A lot of things that you could do on PC, but now they will be available to folks on console as well. Uh, people who own the special edition of Skyrim will get a free upgrade to next-gen but not any of the other uh, uh, anniversary edition upgrades because those will cost money. Uh, so there will be an upgrade to next gen, but also an anniversary edition upgrade, which involves all the, the mods and stuff like that. Uh, also, the anniversary edition will add fishing. And yes, you might be misremembering it. You could get fishing rods in this game and you could noodle, uh, i.e. grab fish with your bare hands in this game, but you could not fish with a fishing pole. Now you can. Uh, so that's going to be coming out for basically every console and PC and things like that. So, yeah, November 11th, 2021. Listen, we make fun of this. I don't know. It's really funny that they've released this so many times. Todd Howard was quoted this week as saying, hey, we'll quit porting Skyrim as soon as y'all quit buying it, uh, which indicates to me that every single time this gets a re-release, people buy it because it's a good video game. It may not even be the best Elder Scrolls game. It may not even be the third best Elder Scrolls game. I don't know. But uh, it's it's a good game and people like it. And uh, it's got quite a, uh, quite a pedigree at this point. Ten years of re-releases culminating in this anniversary edition. Uh, and finally, uh, <laughs> we've seen a lot of character announcements for uh, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, uh, but maybe the most exciting one is the addition of uh, Kazuma Kiryu from Yakuza. Uh, there will be some characters from Sonic and Knuckles and all that stuff, and that's great, but... We, we got Kiryu in this one now, which is super exciting. Um, and he's like a little chibi-fied, uh, like, big head version of Kiryu. It's really, really good, um, which is super good. Uh, and instead of bananas, Kiryu would actually pick up uh, Staminans, which is basically the signature ener energy drink uh, from the Yakuza series, which is amazing uh if you want to play super monkey ball banana mania it uh comes out pretty soon october 5th it'll be out for ps4 ps5 xbox one xbox series x and s pc and of course nintendo switch um a game that came out earlier this week is uh, a game called 12 minutes which is a uh really interesting adventure game uh, with a pretty interesting con uh, conceit, uh, Elise Fabis has a cool interview with the creator over at fanby.com and uh, our very own uh, featured contributor, Funky Joseph, uh, reviewed the game for us and also sat down with me to talk about the game. So let's go there. Go there. 
Hey, Funky. How's it going? Hey, it's going well. Friday morning. Hey, we made it. We made it through another week. Yes. I can't believe it. Um, I'm doing okay. I, uh, I, you know, I tried to time a lot of stuff this morning to see what in my life takes 12 minutes. Mm. Um, you know, like, does my morning routine take 12 minutes? No, it's no, about no. seven. You know, it's like, and how long does it take me to feed the dogs? Eh, it's about six minutes. So I don't think anything in my life takes about 12 minutes. But you know what? You played 12 minutes for review for us. A game that maybe should have been 12 minutes long. But let's talk about it. Um, it's a, a top-down adventure game by Luis Antonio, published by uh, Annapurna Interactive. You played it for review. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a great review over at fanbyte.com for it. I, I want to start first by asking, did you ever play the games that were in that were the inspiration for this, like Monkey Island and other adventure games from like yesteryear? I listened to a lot of like old gaming podcasts where they spoke like at length about Monkey Island. And I Mm -hmm. tried playing it when I was like 13 and I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) what is happening? Um, But like, I I, I still see the appeal of, of exploring a space and like thinking of how these objects could connect to each other and how you can interact with environments. I find that very, very fascinating. So, I mean, nothing against the genre at all. Yeah. I, I also have the same kind of experience with the genre. I, I grew up around games like this, although I never played monkey Island. I played other adventure games. My favorite was a weird one called Torrens passage, which was like a very obscure one from Sierra. And I, I liked these games, but as I got older, I think the obtuseness of the puzzle design was kind of grating on me. So when I read about um, when when I read Elise Favis's uh, features and trending editor interview with Elise Antonio, and he said a bunch of stuff about not wanting to create puzzle design that was very convoluted i was like oh cool that sounds great and then i read your review and i was like oh no so do you want to tell me maybe a little bit about like the the overall concept of the gameplay of this game and kind of like why you found it a little bit difficult yeah absolutely um so the whole game takes place in 12 minutes as the title would suggest um so you get home you talk to your wife and a few minutes later, a cop comes in and starts accusing your wife of murder and then knocks you out. And then the 12 minutes restarts. So you can do anything within that time. You can just decide not to talk to your wife, hide in the closet, run around, start dancing. <laughs> uh, you really have a lot of choice, which I, I enjoy. But it is the issue was about how vague the next steps were, uh, especially in the later part of the game. Um, you... There's some sequences that feel like an ending. Sorry if I'm being vague. I'm trying to dance. No, no, no. It's 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 fine. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's some sequences that feel like finales, like feel like credits will roll two seconds after. But then your character starts at the beginning of a time loop and is like, what the fuck? And then I'm sitting there like, what the fuck? What, what, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm seriously like, I swear I did everything. The, the mysteries have been solved. I've, I've put every object together with another object. The mysteries have fully been solved. And then is the actual ending and the big reveal that I think a lot of people are 
talking about and have polarized feelings on uh that part hits and you're just like what like yeah what are you talking about that that ending hits like a truck in a residential neighborhood you're like <laughs> i didn't even know you could be here i didn't even know that you could do that um before we get to the ending which i do want to discuss in in not super uh, super high detail but um you you had to actually email the creator to get some tips on this one at some point right yes um how helpful would it have been to just have a hints bar in the game itself well i mean like when i was typing the first email i was like this feels weird but i i really <laughs> i do appreciate the the addition of that because i've never seen anything like that in a review copy like the, the yeah, text nice. saying like here's an email you can if you get stuck which is helpful for a puzzle game sure but you definitely should have some sort of either i said this in the review but some sort of hint skip or save mechanic mm-hmm. would have done numbers for this game because yeah. playing through it like i've said this before but i love me a short game i don't love when it's like 90 billion hours Right. So I spent, I think by the end it was eight or nine hours in this game, but that was like three hours of being stuck and not in a fun way. Like, oh, let me think my way out. It's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm putting items together just to try to get by. Yeah. But I think if, if any of those additions were added, it would be a much smoother experience and made me dislike the game less i I would have liked it more but still like the the ending and also some of the sequences you have to go through to finish the game are just off-putting yeah in general it seems like it um did before we move into the details of the ending or not details but just discussion did did, do you play have you you played outer wilds i can't remember uh i started a campaign uh last month i haven't finished it though Okay. Do you do you enjoy the way that that game handles time loops? Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's that bad. I I don't, I don't really like time loops in general. I feel okay, like that's fair. The past year, especially, and <laughs> the next year has been like, check this out. It's a time loop. It's a time heard, loop. You ever heard of this? It's a time loop. Yeah. You go back in time at the start, and I mean, I I love that it's kind of a trend. And it's something that people are are really doing different things with, but I am starting to get fatigued with just the concept of it. Cause it's not yeah. as novel when like seven games are like, okay, here's the concept. It's a different world, different universe, different uh, type of using it, but it's still a time loop. And I'm like, okay, let's, we could do yeah. something else. So you perfectly kind of sound, you know, wrapped up the, the, the major conceit of the game, which is you are this guy and you have a wife and a cop comes and basically knocks you out and accuses your wife of murder. And that's basically the central conceit. And then it goes from there. The, the ending of this game, which we won't spoil for you, but the ending and the major twist in this game, um, was so cartoonishly out of left field for me as someone that did not play the game at all. Mm-hmm. It, it also seems out of left field for people that did. Um, yes. We just had a round of discourse and we don't need to rehash it about content warnings and uh, centering around boyfriend dungeon and things like this. I am surprised that that discourse has not been fired up again with this game. 
Um, yeah. I, I was playing this like during the thick of the discourse yeah. and like the, the discourse surrounding uh, unwarned things or content warnings that weren't like enough for some audience members. Uh, but this game genuinely has none and it is going down a path of thriller, like general thriller. And like you are solving things that wouldn't seem I, that, that kind of makes sense in this game's world that it sets up with the time yeah, loop and, sure. and the, the narrative elements. But yeah, the, the last twist, it I won't spoil it, but it, it does have stuff to do with familial violence and um, uh, there's, there's <laughs> drugging as well. Uh, yeah. It, it's just very, it, it leaves such a sour taste in my mouth and yeah, I, I, I don't know why there wouldn't be some kind of warning or even like at the start. Cause it's a, it's a mature game, but sure. Like but this kind of stuff is not. I've not seen this in any video game before. But but to me, when I when I saw the premise of this game, I don't, and I watched Jesus and Mero play like fifteen minutes of it, which is really funny. <laughs> I definitely recommend folks to do, go do that because they definitely did not like. I don't think they vied for the game either, which is really funny to see. But um, like when I watched this, I I just thought, and and I'm sorry if this is like. I don't know. I don't know how to put it. A counter spoiler of saying like, "Hey, this is really not what the game is about." But like, I kind of assume like, okay, this cop is some sort of corrupt uh, dude that like has a grudge, and you have to uncover what that grudge is. That the story goes in such a wildly different direction that is very edgy in kind of an unearned way. Um, really soured my entire because this was on my radar as something i might have played maybe when later in my backlog at some point when i have a break Mm -hmm. and what i found out about the story completely just told me okay i don't need to play this game at all um well john it it does go down that path of of the grudge with the cop like you sure uncover things like that and that's what i was saying earlier like well where it feels like the finale and right characters like okay And then it requires you to use certain objects and make the leap that is ju- <laughs> like shocking. Folks, like, the I, leap is wild. Like if you find out what it is or you've played it, you know what we're talking about. Like it is a wild leap. But it's it's like, yeah, it's so wild that I je- like I was stuck in that part. Like, no way. And when I yeah. picked up the objects, I'm like, well, this wouldn't make sense. Yeah. This 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 couldn't be what is <laughs> what is here and then when i used the two objects and the character said a different line and it the story kept going i was like oh my god yeah yeah it's really wild um yeah i was surprised that this game went in that direction and i i will be interested to see and i don't want to get too much into the specifics of like luis antonio the developer or whatever but i'll be interested to see like how the reaction to those plots affect uh, maybe future games from him like because Annapurna's rollout of this game was impressive I feel like like mm-hmm. this game got a lot of PR buzz and a lot of uh, positioning in places that I didn't expect like I mentioned Jesus and Mero playing an indie game on stream which was really wild to me yeah Um, like this got a lot of PR buzz and I'm very very interested to see which audiences this ending resonated with enough to maybe warrant more games in this kind of uh milieu because 
I was put off by this, so it'll be interesting to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. It was it was some impressive marketing, like definitely. Yeah. And and the voice cast didn't start with uh, what it what it is at launch. Like James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, Willem Dafoe were added it's on after. Cast. Yeah, yeah, like throughout development, and that that was huge. But it also did. I, I mentioned this in my review a bit, but it got a lot of comparisons to like movies and like specifically old thriller movies that i i don't think it really earns at all um like i these were in the preview run like i I read some pieces like when i was uh, doing that but it doesn't feel like a movie really at all like there's other games that feel more like movies to me but this one it is so about interacting with your environment sure and like using objects and making your own like making your own thoughts and going down your own paths that I I'm kind of opposed to like framing it like a movie because so much of what you're doing is it is is calculated and you know what's happening next so you're like yeah. okay I'm gonna do this and and see how that affects things so it it's it's extremely a video game and like that's one of the things I said is is like a redeeming quality of it like this couldn't exist in a, another medium like this kind of experience could only happen here in, well, in games. I, not to put you on the spot but why why do you think that attempted legitimizing of video games continues to happen i don't know i well i think it's because people want movies are are regarded as art and there's been that age old like our video games art conversation sure but i deep down think they are but I don't think you need to say that. I don't think you need to prove I, I, that to anyone. I agree. It, yeah. It doesn't need to be a whole thing you're fighting for. So it, it kind of, it, I, I don't really like when I see that comparison, especially when it doesn't even ring true to the experience. Yeah. It's something that I'm like, no, let's talk about how this is at its core a video game because it is about interacting with environments. It is about trial and error. And it's not something that is linear. Like, it's not something you can just sit back and, and watch. Yeah. It is about the player moving around these digital environments and, and solving a mystery, which is something you can't do in other formats. So let's let's celebrate that. Like, that's something about this game that I'm like, oh, this is cool. But it is overshadowed by narrative twists and convoluted uh, puzzles. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a very video gamey video game. So it is interesting to see those those comparisons made and it, it has everything to do with that cast right i mean i think yeah willem dafoe james mcavoy daisy ridley all very talented actors do you think they added something to this game good question um no <laughs> I'm, like, I, 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 I'm sorry to put you on the spot because i also have an opinion on this but like ge- yeah. genuinely no like I, okay. I think this could these could have been any actors but it does speak to I guess video games becoming something that is seen as more serious by a general audience. Like the fact that these Hollywood actors would agree to sign on to an indie video game. It's huge. Like I, I think that and the fact that stuff is so interactive should have been the things that were promoted with this game. I mean, it was still a great rollout, but like it was more like, it's like a movie and there's movie actors in it when, no, it's like such a video game and movie actors agreed to do a video game, which is right. very cool. It, yeah, felt, th- it, it felt a little David Cagey to me in its rollout, which like mm. that's not to its benefit. 
to me. Um, and there's a connection there too, because Willem Dafoe has been involved with, with David Cage stuff too. Um, and I don't know if he was particularly, yeah, I don't, there is a heavy rain reference in the game as well. That's thank you, Paul, for pointing that out. I did see that. Um, there, there, hmm. Willem Dafoe is a great actor. I think, I think all three of these people are great. When I've watched playthroughs of this game, I kept thinking to myself, oh, wow, these three collected a hefty paycheck and did not do a whole lot of work in this game. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't don't know how to say that without being rude, but it's like the the writing and the directing and the acting in this this very narrative-heavy game um, kind of was not great for me. Um, And I just am wondering... You know, could could these things have been avoided by hiring unknown actors and just keeping it very <laughs> funky? Thank you for sending me the picture of Willem Dafoe at the at Beyond Two Souls presser with Elliot Page looking extremely despondent as Broken. well. Broken, yeah, um, just a thousand yard stare. Um, I, I don't know if I have a question. I guess I just am like. Why don't we just stick with you know like Hades? Let's stick, let's talk about Hades for a second. Yeah, that 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 game featured many amazing voice roles that were mostly done by either staff at Supergiant or um or just really known voice actors. Do you think that Annapurna maybe decided they needed to put some actors in this to make it stick a little harder with audiences? Uh, yeah, I do. I do feel like that. I mean, they are they were a huge selling point. They did interview runs uh, right before the game came out. Like a lot of the actors, I think Willem Dafoe spoke to a couple of outlets as well yeah. about the game. So, I mean, that is huge promotion for this experience. But I don't. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think Hades yeah. is so good because of its writing and the voice actors are are great. But I think it's the writing that is the, mm. the really solid aspect of that. This game, I don't think the writing is that solid. But I, yeah. I, it wouldn't have to be if the puzzles were were as engaging as I would have hoped they were, and like if if that cycle was good and it resolved in a way that uh, was was satisfying. Yeah. But it was, it didn't feel. Like when I was playing the game, I was like, okay, these could have been three random voice actors. Like, right. especially by the end when you're trying the same things, you hear the same voice lines and you hear the whole same conversations and reveals like six times while you're trying to do one thing. Because as I say in the review, you have to go through sequences to go down dialogue trees. Right. And some of those sequences require like grabbing a bunch of objects, combining them, using them waiting like four minutes to like do something. And then you do that just to try something else different after that. So when you hear those voice lines again and again and again, they become, they, they lose a lot of what made them special. And there were a few lines that I did enjoy. I thought some were like well-written, some were funny, but when you hear them 18 times, it's like, okay. Okay. Daisy yeah. Ridley, like you're killing it. I just, I can't hear you. I can't hear it. I, I, I cannot. I can't. I have such a weird pet peeve, too, and this is such a me, specific me thing, but there's really no reason why James McAvoy and Daisy Ridley aren't using their real accents in this game. And their their <laughs> their American accents are not great. I just have to say that for the record, and I'm no, sorry to say that. <laughs> I, I disagree 
a billion percent. James McAvoy, I had to look it up. That guy's British. Yeah, yeah. But he does such yeah. a I think I think as a Canadian, I think he does a great American. That's He's fair. Like, Listen, that's my fair. Wife. Where, where's my wife? I was it's- I was in this room. And now I'm out of the room. I was yeah. shocked. When I yeah. realized he was British. Yeah, to me, to me, James McAvoy. God, Paul, that's a really good comparison. Uh, yeah, like he does like a rookie, a rookie British New York accent. <laughs> it's it's true to me. It's just kind of like, oh, my wife. But yeah, you're right. You did it. You actually, Funky, you did his accent perfectly. And it's not great. I just have to mm. say it. But anyway, and also I've never heard Daisy Ridley do an American accent. I've only heard her in Star Wars and she's got this like wonderful, like very kind of pleasant accent. And Mm. I'm just like, why don't you just, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it, but it's fine. It's no big deal. Yeah. It's nothing. It's yeah, it's, it's cool. I, I think I didn't even realize she's doing an American accent. It's still, it still sounded like her so much. Her and Willem Dafoe like sound like they have in other media to me but james mcavoy i was like whoa whoa yeah yeah and also if you wanted an american voice like there's american people too yeah uh, yeah it's just to me i don't know it's just such a weird casting thing i'm like if there's no reason why this has to happen in america and you know that's stupid too because they're like people with accents in america as well um Mm. That's just a weird little pet peeve of mine. That's like, that's for me. That's my complaint about things. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. What, before we wrap up, what do you, do you recall like maybe one of the weirdest or worst combinations of items that you had to put together? Yeah. I avoided this in the review cause I didn't want to like spoil a sequence, but I mean, if we're talking about it on pod, yeah, we can spo- do it. Bit of a spoiler warning. The worst was definitely um, combining sleeping pills with a cup to consistently drug your wife so that she's asleep in bed so you can do other things um it's just why would you think to do that like why would why would you think to do that well you okay you need the wife to be out of the room and she won't (laughs) leave the house even if you explain everything so i get like the only other option is drug her and it's like I don't want to be doing this. And as I said, you have to repeat these sequences. Drugging her is like the thing you do almost the most. Oh, like, that's so weird. That's the one where like, if you want to go down a different dialogue tree, so I'm still dancing on spoilers, but if you want to go down a different dialogue tree, you, one of them is you have to do that. And oh. then it triggers another event. And yeah, it's like you're setting the table and you give her that mug. It's just, it that's feels wild. weird. Yeah, like that already like felt weird and uncomfortable, and that's not even like the that doesn't thing. even compare. Yeah, to to the end. So yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I I I almost feel like once you realize that the, the links you have to go to to make this better, I would just be like, "What's the give up button? What's the let the cop arrest her and just deal with it button?" You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just. You have to do a lot of pretty nasty shit to figure this stuff out. And once you get there, it seems pretty unsatisfying. Um, Well, would you recommend this game to folks? Or I know you didn't really vibe with it, but is it something that you feel like is important that folks play? I I think it is cool, like, what it does with the digital space. I think that puzzle cycles do get, like, a little 
misguided later on, but I think, I think that the, hmm, would I want someone else to play this? If you like puzzle games, give it a try. I yeah. think, but I think do look up the ending, uh, <laughs> or some sort of, not look up the ending, but like some sort of spoiler warning. I, we, we did a good job kind of dancing around that and, and saying some of the themes. Yeah. But, you, you, you gave, I think a pretty good tr- like content warning for, for what that game was, for what yeah, that game I, has. I think some people should have a content warning and then go into this experience and, and yeah, you, you can find some good in it. I, I didn't want to be completely negative in my review because it did seem like a smaller team and they were a uh, project going for a while. And there's some elements that that do shine in this, yeah. but uh, like everything else is not something I would enjoy playing. Uh, like I, if, if I wasn't reviewing this, I would have stopped playing. That's good to know. Um, is there any reason why the cop looks like Agent 47? Like, is that explained ever? <laughs> no. Okay. No, that's, I that's think it might be Hitman DLC. <laughs> that's Hitman DLC. Uh, all right, Foggy, thanks for hanging out. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me on. And uh, this is a good convo. It's, good. It's good to talk about this. I'm glad. We went a little longer than 12 minutes, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> we did. All right, see ya. Bye. Folks, it's that time of week where I get you ready for the week ahead. Uh, we have a bunch of game releases, a bunch of game releases, actually, and some stuff on streaming that you should know about. Uh, we should start with uh, August 24th. Aliens Fire Team Elite is coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, as well as PC. That's a one and one to three player game. Uh, Funke uh, Joseph has written about the game over at fanbyte.com. Uh, they also wrote about uh, 12 Minutes, which we just discussed, which was a great conversation. Um, and, and, you know, we had mixed feelings about it uh, as an outlet. Uh, a lot of folks around the industry disagreed with us thought it was a really fun time so if you're into the left for dead kind of model of uh like horde shooters uh aliens fire team elite is a pretty good time so uh check that out if you're into it uh hoa is a really beautiful platforming game uh from scroll cat uh coming to switch and pc also on august 24th so check that out uh i expect you to die to the spy and the liar is a vr game coming to basically every vr uh, uh platform under the sun including playstation vr uh it's a puzzle game it's coming out on august 24th as well King's Bounty 2, big role-playing game from Coke Media. Uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch in PC. Uh, that's coming out on August 24th. Uh, and uh, the uh, the PlayStation 5 version of Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2 is coming to uh, PlayStation 5, because <laughs> I already said that. Also on August 24th, it's a shooter. You uh, play as a sniper. Yep, it's one of those. Uh, Marvel Future Revolution is a net marble iOS. Did I say marble? I meant to say Marvel Future Revolution. It's coming to iOS and Android. That's a net marble game. It's an action role-playing game featuring the heroes of the Marvel Universe. Uh, comes to those mobile platforms on August 25th. 
Uh, a, a very, very, very highly anticipated game, Psychonauts 2, is also coming out on August 25th. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. The Double Fine game has been in development for a very long time. It's finally ready. Uh, I've read our uh, in-progress notes about how this game shaped up uh, in the back end of our CMS. I can't tell you about them yet. It's a big secret. But expect a lot of coverage of that game from us uh, this coming week. Uh, and folks that were excited about the first one should probably get excited about the second one uh so yeah that's a cool platformer coming to uh those platforms on august 25th uh have you heard of a game called spelunky okay and you you're a you're, you're a little person or a creature that's doing spelunking and doing platform stuff listen it's more complicated than that it's one of the most studied academically recognized platformer action games of all time. It's been done to death. Spelunky one and two are both making their way to switch uh, on August 26th. So if you're into those games and want to take them on the go, uh, this week is the week for you to do that. Uh, a game called Proto Corgi, which I've never heard of in my life, but looks really cool. It's it's a action game published by Deep Silver coming to uh, Switch NPC on August 26, 2021. It looks like a space Corgi game. Like, that's amazing. So I've, I think you should probably check that out. Uh, an adventure game called uh, Baldo the Guardian Owls is coming to uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch PC, and mobile games uh, on August 27th. It's kind of a Zelda game. It's a little bit open world, and you know what? It's Studio Ghibli inspired, and I'm sorry to tell you that because it's really overused at this point. Studio Ghibli represents a lot of things uh, that a lot of things that are quote Studio Ghibli inspired don't really uh, uphold, but whatever. We we don't have to get into that. All I know is that Baldo does kind of look like a Studio Ghibli film, and that's definitely on purpose. It's uh, coming again August 27th of this week. Uh, a, a puzzle game called uh, Inked, A Tale of Love is coming to Xbox uh, One and PC on August 27th. It will come to, it already came to, I should say, uh, mobile platforms, iOS and Android earlier this year. So if you wanted to play it on PC or Xbox, you could do that this week on August 27th. And finally, No More Heroes 3, highly anticipated Switch game from Grasshopper. It's coming to Switch on August 27th, 2021. You can check out the continued adventures of Travis Touchdown. As for streaming services, uh, there are a few little highlights here, especially if you're interested in games. Uh, on Netflix, The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf is a uh, South Korean-American joint production. It's an animated series, or excuse me, animated film following uh, Geralt's mentor Vesemir uh, that uh, shows up on Netflix on August 23rd. Uh, it looks pretty cool. Um, so you should check that out if you are interested in the extended Witcher canon. Uh, on Hulu, we have American Horror Story Season 10. Uh, that comes to Hulu on August 20, uh, August 26th, I believe. I think it actually debuts on FX the day before on August 25th. So uh, same deal for Archer Season 12. Uh, so if you're interested in the continued uh, journey of the super agent Archer. I don't watch Archer. I have to admit that. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know much about Archer. But if you're into Archer... Starts up again, season 12. Wow. Uh, I guess this is probably the first one without Jessica Walter, uh, which is a bummer, but it will be interesting to see what they do with that. Uh, Jessica Walter is great. But uh, yeah, season 12 of Archer begins this week as well. 
And finally, uh, Cruella, the uh, the prequel to 101 Dalmatians, comes to Disney Plus without the $30 early view price tag uh, this week. So if you missed it the first time around because of, you know, COVID and you didn't want to pay $30 to see Cruella, now you can see it uh, for your standard Disney Plus subscription starting this week. Uh, I'm excited about some of the stuff. I'm definitely excited about uh, that uh, Netflix show uh, about The Witcher. I'll probably check that out. And uh, also Psychonauts 2. I definitely am excited about that. Definitely excited to see uh, Elise Favis's thoughts over on fanbite.com about that game. And uh, yeah, it's just been in, in development for so long. And uh, it's such a good team over there at Double Fine. So it'll be cool to see what they've got cooking. Uh, and yeah, that's what's uh, coming up for next week. And it's a lot. So batten down the hashes. That's going to do it for this week's episode. I want to thank my guest, Funky Joseph, for stopping by and talking about 12 minutes. That was a great conversation. Uh, had, a, had a blast talking about it. Uh, if you want to follow Funky over at Twitter, you can do so at FunkyFly. You can also find their wonderful writing over at fanbyte.com. If you want to follow my wonderful producer, Paul Tamayo, you can do so over at Polly Mayo. Uh, and the optional will be 12 minutes related at some point uh, in the near future. So look out for that episode of Paul's excellent podcast here on the Fanbyte podcast network uh and also if you want to follow me you can do so at floppy adult if you want to follow fanbite you can do so at fanbite media all of our podcasts can be found at podcastnet.work and we have a bunch of them i still love volume slider it's a great great podcast about video game music you can find it on spotify you have to listen to it on spotify i know that's kind of a bummer but the central element of the show is being able to listen to full tracks of amazing video game music which you will love so please listen to that show it's really really good nikki and funky do a great job with that show paul was just on an excellent episode lb is on an episode uh this week it's super good please go listen to that show it's amazing uh and you know what until next time you're welcome It's Danielle Riendo, the editor-in-chief here at Fanbyte. I like movies, and you probably do too. Join me and my incredible co-hosts, LB Hunktiers and Fernanda Prachas, on You Love to See It, Fanbyte's weekly premiere movie podcast. Every Thursday, we explore the wonderful world of film from old classics, cult favorites, and plenty of under-the-radar treasures. We pick a different theme each month and really dive in with a combination of in-depth analysis and breezy chat on everything from monster movies to Patrick Swayze classics. You'll love to see it is available at fanbyte.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, uh, movie starting. We'll catch up later. Mm-hmm.